my young. He needs to learn how to wrap that thing up. Shut the F up for life. What's up? It's us again. I'm Tanner Go Martin, joined by Max Gretzula and Tyre Hood. What the f- yep, is that? we're back. Took a little bit of a, another break off, but I think it's us kind of trying to get used to being out of school. Uh, I know this felt weird for me seeing everyone return back to school on Monday. Felt like I was supposed to be there. I don't know about you guys, um, but we're trying to get adjusted to that outside life after school. How's it been, guys? Busy. I'm tired all the damn time. I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. <laughs> it's like I, I don't know what I don't know what a break is anymore. I don't know about you guys. Like I, I haven't had a break for a nice little minute. So, you know, while you guys don't get to talk sports, I'm, I'm, you know, I have to be neck deep in this shit. So yeah. Yeah, Same fair boat, enough. I, I mean, we were supposed to be there on Monday. Yeah, yeah, it it felt weird. Uh, now I just feel old. Um, yeah, you no, know, I guess that's what T's been feeling uh, for these Ooh. past couple of years. You know, being the old head of the group, Mister Grown Up over here. That was cute. Um, hey, hey, Tanner, he has a fiance, a... everything. Hey, Tanner, yeah, I'm not gonna let that go. Shut the f up for life. That's what you can do. Just, just shut up. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right, boys, we got some Phillies, Eagles, and a little bit of a fun topic at the end about fantasy football. But let's start off with our Philadelphia Phillies, 67-55. They won last night 4-1 against the Cincinnati Reds. But before that, we have to talk about that terrible series they had against the Mets, which is important if you're looking at standing. We know it's hard. Phillies have that, that second wild card spot right now. Uh, below the Braves, who are now without Ozuna, um, and his, they got a little bit of a report on him early in the morning a few days ago about a DUI. Um, so he will be out, uh, safe to say, a couple at least until the end of the season. I don't know how that's going to work out, but let's get into those Phillies. Uh, Max, big baseball guy over here. What are your thoughts on the current standings of the Phillies? And can they do a reverse course from that Mets series and finish strong? Yeah, I think they can. I think when you talk about, you know, three out of four against the Mets, they lose. They were in that game, lose 10-9. But uh, I think with Sir Anthony going on the IL, Corey Campbell going on the IL, big parts of the bullpen. So that's going to hurt in the back again. But uh, with Bryce being out of the line, they're trying to tread water. That's something we thought about when he first got hurt and they actually went on a big winning streak for the most part. but now with Bryce coming back he's gonna go on that rehab assignment in Lehigh Valley hopefully he's able to return Homer on Sunday he's finally starting to get his feet under him and Alec Bohm's been an absolute stud of those core guys uh trying to carry this team throughout the rest of the season into the postseason that's done around with a favorable schedule but again I think something we all agree with is the uh, the Phillies have to beat these good teams and prove to not only the Philly fans, but the rest of the country that, hey, and every time they, you know, go up against the Mets, the Braves, uh, this season, the Cardinals struggle. Um, they just, they struggle in the, in the division with with the top teams uh, ahead of them. I mean, it's, it's definitely, the good news is when the playoffs come, um, some people say, I don't want to see either of these teams. Some people say, I'm in the playoffs. 
I'm one of those people that think it'd be cool to see a division rivalry and maybe when the playoffs come um, the with the Wheeler and Nola pitching the last few times, um, they've just gotten hit by the Mets for this year. I am not confident in the Phillies in terms of if they ever have to face the Mets. All right, they for some reason you're never confident in the Phillies, T. Uh, sure. You're never confident that's in the not, Phillies. That's not true. Anyway, look, the the Mets just seem to have the Phillies number. Like they they I, the Phillies compete against the good teams, and I agree with you, Max. They have to be able to beat those good teams in order to say that they are a good team. But man, it's something about the Mets, man. Like there was that series was just absolutely horrible, and to make matters worse, on Sunday. It, it, it seemed like there was just nothing but Mets fans at this at the at Citizens Bank Park, and then the, and then to top it all off, you had a hundred plus Mets fans purchase tickets, and they threw out the first pitch. That's embarrassing. I'm sorry. Like as a, as a Phillies fan, like I'm embarrassed by that. It, it, to have stinking New Yorkers come down. To my damn city, to my damn ballpark, and embarrass me like the, like like that. It, it's it's a conf, it, it it takes a hit to my confidence. I'm sorry. Like I, I you guys already know how I feel about this Phillies team. Like I feel like they the strategy has been for the last couple of years is to hit themselves, you know, into a playoff spot and into greatness while neglecting the rest of the the, the rest of the areas that needs work on, such as you know starting and relief pitching, and, of course, defense, which, unfortunately, is now starting to show to Rare's ugly head again. It, it's how can, you, how can you not have a little bit of doubt? Like, don't get me wrong. I think, this is, I think this is a good baseball team, and I think they will make the playoffs finally. But how can you have confidence in this team with, with the flaws so obvious and so out there? Like, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, I'm still going to have my doubts. Yeah, T, believe me, I got beef with the Phillies because the last two games I went to, they put on awful performances. Uh, They got shut out by the Marlins on the 11th. And on Friday, I went to that first game of the Mets series. Disgusting performance. I mean, 7-2. I couldn't believe that they kept putting Nola out there on the mound. Um, And also, not the best after concert. Going to be honest, this doesn't have a lot to do with the Phillies personally. But, I mean... Really, Vanilla Ice back there sounded awful, <laughs> awful, awful. Uh, he should have stayed in the 90s, but um, I digress. Uh, the <laughs> Phillies, they've been inconsistent uh, when you need them to be consistent, especially against a team like the Mets. Um, they are the top of the division. Uh, you're not going to ca- I don't think they're going to catch up to them. Um, I don't think really think we're being honest when we – you know, we don't believe in that, but we do want them to stay in the wild card race, which they have been. But if they keep playing how they are right now, they're not going to be there for long. Um, and this is a team where I believe Max and I were on the opposing side of T, where we said that this team would get into the playoffs. Um, for a while, it looked like, hey, that's, that's going to happen. The drought's finally going to end. Um, but when it really gets down to it, the Phillies play awful when they know they can win a game. Uh, when it's an easy opponent, it just seems like they're playing against themselves. I don't, I don't know what you guys think about that. 
I agree with you. It does feel like they're they're uh, it, it plays they play against themselves, and it's 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 frustrating because, like you said, you know we 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 want this team to be great on paper. It's great. I mean, when you when you list the lineup, we don't have to list the lineup. We already know who the hell the Phillies are. You know, in terms of their personnel, we know who these guys are. We know what they're capable of, but it's still disappointing to see that the players aren't playing up to the expectations that as fans we have for them. Like, it's a shame. And I think now me personally, I think they've done a, a pretty good job without Bryce Harper in the lineup. They've still been able to, you know, pretty much maintain their status quo. But now it almost seems like they're, they're almost waiting for him to come back. I don't know. That's just me. It just feels like they're, they're waiting for him to come back now. Like he's like, they're, they're, their savior. Well, earlier in August yeah. too, it seemed as if the Phillies were playing just great without their star player Bryce Harper, and you were kind of wondering, is that gonna kind of ruin the flow with Bryce Harper coming back? Weird question, considering how great of a player he is. But when you're getting on the younger guys and, and the new additions, and they're all playing great, and, and it just seems like such a good story. And then it, it sort of flames out. And now we're just waiting for Bryce Harper to return. I understand maybe the energy is low left. The uh, adrenaline of, of playing without your star player saying, we got to keep up. This is a long season, baseball. Uh, it's not like football. When you lose your star player, you got to figure out what you're going to do because he's probably going to be out the rest of the season. In this case, I agree with you. They are kind of just waiting for him to come back. It seems like I know they're not really but that's what it just seems like. And he will be returning soon. And hopefully the momentum picks back up when you have a star like Bryce Harper, he's rested, he's ready to play and he's bringing more energy back. Yeah. Think about this, Tanner. I think overall, when you talk about Brandon Marsh, but the trade deadline and then he gets hurt, banged up and his knees now buckled, his ankles messed up. I don't know how long it's going to be. I obviously went on a 10 day IL, but that's one of the things or one of the reasons I should say that we should, should have gotten pitching at the deadline. I know they got David Robertson. I know they got Noah Syndergaard, but I really would have won. When the time comes, you know, the Phillies is pitching when you talk about Wheeler, Nola, and some system, but there's been inconsistency with that fourth and fifth spot. Uh, Syndergaard's been solid in his – again, we, we talked about it earlier. Uh, he missed the Mets twice now, um, and people are getting me scared of them, this and that, but he's yeah. pitching – against very poor opponents, and he's getting the job done. It concerns me because when the playoffs come, if we can get Phillies can get there, um, and he has to start a game, is he's facing a Cardinals lineup or a Braves lineup and not, you know, a Reds lineup or a Nationals. And I think Beerling is like, if you take away the trade for Marsh, just take it away real quick, and he'll still be out there and play center field. Listen, it's not going to be great because he – you can't really hit right-handed pitching that platoon guy out there in center field, but he's a guy you can stick at the bottom of the lineup and just be serviceable enough. Marsh made the Phillies go out and get Robertson and then somebody else because you talk about Corey Campbell get hurt. Phillies definitely need another reliever. Um, and the starting rotation, that which has been one of the strengths, struggled when you talk about Nola and Wheeler not being able to get the job done against the Mets and then Suarez against the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, and that actually brings me to my next question I want to ask you guys. Uh, the last game of the season is October 5th, 
right now. They should be finishing that off again with a series against the Astros. Will the Phillies be a dangerous team in the playoffs? Um, thinking about if they make the playoffs, will this Phillies team be dangerous um, to any opponent? Because like Max was talking about, you have that one and two punch with Wheeler, Nola, uh, Ranger Suarez has been good enough to be that third. Um, Syndergaard, we, we talk about the teams that he's played, um, but he does prove to be valuable with that experience, especially in the playoffs. Uh, he has a, a little bit of experience, so that proved to be valuable. And what are you guys thinking about Rob Ty? I'm thinking he's going to be around next season, a uh, 26 record with the Phillies. He has made this team better. How dangerous will the Philadelphia Phillies be in the playoffs? I, I know y'all call me Mr. Negative. I know y'all do. And I don't see this team being a very dangerous team. I'm sorry. Uh, the, the the defensive, the, I think we found, we looked up a stat that said that the Phillies were, what, 21st overall in defense, in defensive fielding? Like, that's... 20, yeah. That's that's below that's below average in the MLB. That's horrible. That's not going to get it done against the big dogs in the playoffs. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to continue with the strategy of hitting your way out of mistakes. We've obviously we obviously obviously have seen for the past couple of years now that that hasn't worked. So it's not it's not really a team that's going to see the Phillies on their car during the playoffs and be like, oh man, we're scared. No, they're gonna they're gonna go in. They're gonna go in confident. They're gonna, you know hope and pray for a mistake and most likely it'll happen. And then we can't even get into the, then let's, let's get into the fact that, and I think, you know, Matt, one of you two brought it up. Aaron Nola does horrible towards the end of the year. That scares me because every year we have this discussion about Aaron Nola. Is he an ace or not? And we have to worry about the, the pitching on top of the defense going into the playoffs. Like for me, that's just concerning. What team would really be a scared of that? Let's be honest here. Yeah, yeah, and in my yeah, opinion, I, if I we have to keep on, asking this question every season, uh, it's if Nola is an ace or not. That that to me says that he's not an ace yet. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's. I think people always wanted him after that great season a few years back. Like, man, finished third in the Cy Young voting. He a couple of years, you see him kind of not falling back. Like, well, I should say kind of falling back in the mediocre range, and then eight shutout innings, and you're like, wow, he's back. But um, like right now with Bryson Stott and the young guys on this opportunity, if they get hot at the right time, just like any other team, they can make uh, a race. But I'm saying, and they can probably get out of that wild card round because we've seen years past teams at the right time. Uh, there's teams that aren't the highest seed that, that just get hot at the right time and fly through the postseason. So you have Bohm and those guys in the infield, Hoskins, uh the, my problem with the Phillies is they just see good pitching. And, like, that sounds kind of cliche because most teams can't hit good pitching. Of course, it's a lot harder. Scherzer's and the Groms of the world versus whoever the Reds are throwing out there, which is understandable. But consistent trend, um, it's frustrating because you have a team like the Phillies who come out here and they're on the road last week against the Reds. But then you go into a weekend, we have Chris Bassett, you have Jacob DeGrom at City Field. Um and I think, honestly, the, on the flip side of that, the most frustrating part about this past weekend, the Grom and the Scherzer, and they still weren't able to get the job 
done, um, especially in the home ballpark. I think for most fans, because you sit here and you say, oh, we got the Pirates and the Reds this week. It's a great opportunity. Up as much as you should be uh, because, you know, this is stuff that we expect the Phillies to take care of. Yeah, exactly. And back to the defensive stats, 26th overall defensively. 50-plus errors committed by the Phillies' defense. And this is something the Phillies kind of glossed over um, in free agency in the offseason. They, they've they added a few guys that are like Sosa to improve on defense, and he has made some spectacular plays. I mean, Zimmer, uh, that first game against the Mets, made that diving catch in, in the outfield. Um, acquired him from the Blue Jays off waivers, but it's it's the thing it's the cons against the Phillies. I mean, you have players you're brought to add to the team late in the season, like Nick uh, Castellanos, who has been struggling. I know he had a good game uh, last night, but he has been struggling throughout the whole season. And when you have guys like that have that really haven't done their necessary part in the season, it's hard to succeed when you basically are just focusing on the same guys each and every season. You have Harper, Hoskins, JT Realmuto, uh, D.D. Gregorius played so bad, the Phillies let him go a few weeks ago. Yeah. Nothing. Just dropped him, let him go. Gene Segura, he hit a home run um, and a few days ago and here and there, but it's it's the cast of of the same players each year, and that can't happen when you're going into the playoffs which bases on how good your pitchers are. Nola, Ranger Suarez, I mean, maybe Syndergaard, Kyle Gibson, I would put Syndergaard over him. Uh, but that's not really the most that, – that's not impressive to me personally. And also, uh, Knable being injured, that doesn't help at all, especially with a team that year after year say, okay, we're going to help build up pitching, and then they don't. But then you have Brad Hand and Robertson in the bullpen, uh, guys like that. But it's just it, – it's hard for me to be on this Phillies bandwagon, uh, the yeah. Phillies Man, wagon. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap my point up real quick with, yeah. with how, how I want to – I guess how I want to talk about, about the lineup because I think the Phillies have a lot of good players, but I think the team, for obvious reasons, have great players. And I think that when the playoffs come, uh, the Phillies, when you talk about Boehm, he's been a good start same way he's been a good player as of late not great but you look at these other teams when you talk about play right there you talk about Pete Alonso clear cut great player and then with the with the Mets you also have a great player now he might not be you know known as far as countrywide or anything like that but in his role getting on base to lead off baseball games walking um stealing bases and things like that um not only to steal but just a guy who's at like enough if you know to go first to third on a double down the line and things like when Diaz in the back of that bullpen like the Phillies don't have an Edwin Diaz or anything uh anything close to it to be completely you have Ozzy Albies he's going to be working his way back Ronald Acuna Jr former MVP candidate a couple of years ago in the MVP conversation so it's not that the Phillies are a bad baseball team you know they have a lot of good players those X factors those top tier talents to really push them over the edge just to develop into them as the future goes on. But as, as of right now, even with Bryce coming back, now that's the difference. Maybe he'll have enough firepower unless Castellanos gets a fire lit under him like he did last year in Cincinnati. 
Uh, I just don't see the Phillies being able to, you know, get through the first round of the wild card game, but I get into the playoffs and then bumped because it's been what, what, 10 years since we've gotten there. So we know it's hard. Yeah, exactly. And we all we can do right now is is sit and watch the Phillies as they sort of build their self back up again, adding pieces like Schwarber will be back sooner um, than Harper, I believe. Those two back in the lineup, their bats will add a lot of power um, to the lineup. But let's move on to the preseason Philadelphia Eagles. They played against the Jets in the first game, the Browns in the second game. We're not going to get into the score because that doesn't matter, but we're going to get into how players perform. Who I actually expected not to be on this roster um, right now. I thought the Eagles were going to deal him to a team. I mean, he's been playing like a guy who can be a starter in the NFL or can be in the race for one. We look at the Carolina Panthers competition. Baker Mayfield won against Sam Darnold. But you look at how Jacoby Brissett is the starter for the Cleveland Browns right now as that whole Deshaun Watson um, thing gets settled over there in Cleveland. But Gardner Minshew, 14 of 17, 142 yards. He has been playing impressive. Um, Reed, also uh, pretty impressive. That bomb to Allen, fastest player in the league right now. Um, pretty cool to see these guys step up. Um, they're they're down on the depth chart, but they're using it really pops out and grows all this time right now to impress. And you have Jalen Reger, who was a starter. Now he's fighting for a bubble spot. He just has he had two catches for 17 yards last game, and that's not going to get the job done. What do you guys think is going to happen in this next game, and who do you think is going to shine? Uh, I have no confidence in Jalen Rager. I don't like there was one play where he ran a comeback route during the preseason. And one of the main things that Rager has done over the years is he does not complete the route. When you run a comeback route, it is exactly that you're, you're faking like you're running, you know, an out route, but around the, around past the 10, about 10 yards down the field, you cut and you're supposed to come back towards the quarterback. Now, when you come back towards the quarterback, you're not supposed to just stand there. You're supposed to continue to come back to make sure that ball gets to you and that the defensive back doesn't potentially intercept that ball. And it's too many times I can rem- I can recount over the past couple of years where he hasn't come back to the ball. And he did it recently in a preseason game. And that's not something that a guy who's on the bubble should be doing. Like, it's a comeback route for a reason. Come back to the damn ball. I have no confidence in Jalen Rager. As a matter of fact, I think what's going to happen to him is I don't think they're going to outright release him, but I do think they're going to try to find a trade partner for him. I don't know who the hell would trade for him. He's, he hasn't exactly produced anything for real for on the NFL. To hell with the fact that he was a former first-round pick. Everybody knows he was a bust. Let's be honest here, especially when you compare him to the guy who went right after him in Justin Jefferson. So just – you're not going to get too much, if anything at all, for Jalen Rager. And I'm sorry. Like, at this point, you might as well just cut your losses. Hell, they cut their losses with I think of Whiteside. They traded him to the Seahawks for a deep for a safety. I'm sorry. You just got to cut your yeah. losses. Just get rid of the guy. You made a mistake. Don't continue to 
Don't continue to like you know hammer down on that mistake by keeping him around. You have way too many talented receivers at this point. Hell, I put Deion Kane, who had who was very impressive in possession catches in that Cleveland Browns game. I would put him over Jalen Rager at this point. There's no way in hell you can justify keeping Rager. Yeah, and if the Eagles got something for Ortega Whiteside, they can get something for Jalen Rager too. This is true. I think it's them trying to to use as much as they can. They, they've saw something in Jalen Rager, and I, I think it, it's hard for them to just give up when, when they know how he can play. Uh, he wasn't always a bad player. I mean, you go back to college, um, but he, he just hadn't really picked up as we, as Philly fans, would want him to be. But, T, your little coach talk in the beginning about Jalen Rager's routes really made me think about how much I like Nick Sirianni as a coach for the Eagles right now. I think what he in the offseason, his T-shirt, really rooting for his guys, sticking up for his guys. That's what I like to see from a coach. I don't like to see him silent uh, on the sideline or when he steps up to the podium. I don't like to see him sort of reading off a script. Nick Sirianni is unique in that aspect. Um, we had a lot of questions when he first arrived in Philadelphia. Like, who's this guy? What's he doing? But I just, I don't know about you guys, but I love what I've been seeing. I mean, he wore Lane Johnson on his T-shirt. He wore Jalen Hurts' face, picture of Jalen Hurts' face on his shirt. And A.J. Brown even wore a Hurts season hat. I just love the team chemistry that I'm seeing uh, right there. And, I mean, I'm sure it's even better than what we're seeing on TV right now. Definitely. definitely. I think over. Overall, when you talk, well, Nick Sirianni, listen, it hasn't really been a question. I think everybody's all saw in the first season under Sirianni. I think the main question is, what about Jonathan Gannon, right? Mm-hmm. So you know it. I mean, the beef talent on that side of the football now, but it's going to be about Jonathan Gannon and can he get the job done as a defensive coordinator. So that's, that's kind of what my focus has been on, honestly. The defensive side of the ball, again, Tanner, you mentioned it, Sirianni knocked out of bounds against the Jets in that first preseason yeah. game. Uh, but we know there's Count on the offensive side of the football with my lot and Johnson anchoring each side. I'm I'm anxious to see the rushing attack. Kyle Sanders is already banged up with that hamstring, which I mean I kept telling you guys, Miles Sanders isn't a good football player on team. <laughs> uh, but I'll digress on that one as well uh, because uh, we'll, we'll see. I think in the football, I think in order to have success, I know people want to see him develop into a pocket passer. I think he'll. De- develop the passer this year but again keep using the strengths um and i'm anxious to see fletcher cox look like he had a couple um in in a couple of those open scrimmages against the browns and, and played uh as well uh say turn it back to clock so to speak for a short period of time so i'm anxious to see him not really relied upon as much as he's been in years past um and i think it can take, take the eagles a long way this year i think they're gonna have a good night and also so quest Watkins, i think uh he's Growing on me a little bit. Uh, definitely a speed threat, but I think has improved from things I've been reading about through training camp um, and seen in the first couple of pre- I completely agree with you, Max. Yeah, two catches, 19 yards, Quez Watkins, uh, real quick, T. Let me go through the stats and, and see if anything uh, kind of jumps out at you. Gainwell, 11 rushes, 46 yards, a touchdown. Scott, right behind him, 10 carries, 33 yards. And a touchdown. I don't see Miles Sanders on here because he has been injured. 
Um, but when we get into the rushing stats, and, and Max, you already mentioned Miles Sanders. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up this question for you guys. Who do you do you think running back is the position you circle on where the Phillies will add depth, or is there another position that you want to see the uh, the Eagles, sorry, add depth uh, before the regular season starts. It's hard not to look at the running back position and say to yourself that you can improve. Um, I, I recently came across a post maybe a couple of days ago that the Las Vegas Raiders, they released Kenyon Drake. And if Kenyon Drake were to come up in here, he would automatically become the best running back in the running back room. But that's saying something. You know, they're they're rumored to be in the in the running for Kareem Hunt. Now Kareem Hunt's gonna cost you a little something something to get him from the Cleveland Browns. But once again, you're bringing somebody into a room that he would automatically be the best guy in the room, and that's the big thing, man. You listen, yeah. you can't you can't have Hurts running tw- running all all the damn time. Okay, I understand that's his strength, and I understand that's how we won last year. But damn it, if you want him to be a pocket passer, if you want him to stay in the pocket a whole lot more, you're going to need a running back to offset some of his passing skills. So with that being said, you need a damn running back. All right, you're not you, you can't. Yeah, when your quarterback brings you to the sorry, T, when your yeah. quarterback brings you to the top of the league in rushing, your quarterback. I mean, you you got to focus on running back next season to help. Uh, your quarterback, it can't be all on Jalen Hurts. Exactly, and, and the last thing that, that you that, want. Great point. I agree with you 100%. Kareem Hunt would be a great fit here. I think the Eagles' offensive line is solid, the best in the league. Kareem Hunt's ran behind a great offensive line in Cleveland in the past couple of seasons. Um, I have great pass catcher out of the backfield. He can run between the tackles, um, and he would just step in day one, easily the best running back in the room. Um, and I think with him and his size and his speed combined, especially um, in the red zone, uh, that would be a massive threat. And uh, not to compare it to you talk about like a goal line role that Garrett Blount was pretty much specifically that. But Kareem Hunt, I personally all running back when you talk about running, pass blocking, and catching uh, than Nick Chubb. What's up, Nick Chubb? Tanner, you're going to talk about it. You talk about fantasy drafts. I mean, Nick Chubb. Going what second, third round, Craig's seventh, eighth round in some draft. So I think Kareem Hunt coming in here, and we talked about it the months ago, was just kind of died down. But I think I, I completely agree with you, Max. Uh, Kareem Hunt would easily be the best running back in the room. It's it, like, just like I said, it's just it's hard not to think about upgrading that position. You don't want to put Jalen Hurts in a position where most of the offense is on him. We saw last year that that was not very effective to have Jalen Hurts dropping back 35-plus times. Now, I did see a little bit of improvement from Jalen Hurts, you know, just in a little bit of time that he played in that first preseason game. But at the end of the day, that's still not Jalen Hurts' strength. And at the end of the day, in order to keep a balanced, you know, a, a balanced offense, you still have to offset that with a good running game. So that requires a running back that's a threat. If that running back isn't a threat, the defense is just going to tee off on Jalen Hurts. Yeah, exactly, T. And when we talk about the depth chart uh, for running back on this Eagles team, I'm not sure that it's even settled really on what they're going to do. Boston Scott got in the rotation before Gainwell, Gainwell uh, the other day. And it, when you talk about Miles Sanders being injured, 
uh, hasn't been the most impressive. Um, we, we can say that. I know Max would definitely agree. But when you have Boston Scott and then Kenneth Gainwell, there is definitely room to improve the running back room over there. And when you talk about a guy like Kareem Hunt, I'm just impressed with how he's sort of handled this offseason. The Browns declining that trade. And then him going to practice and still practicing with his team. Um, th- that's something that I can uh, sort of th- – th- it's something that's rare nowadays in the NFL. Uh, I'm not sure if, if that's something that you've noticed. Um, but what other position would you think that would help the Eagles improving upon? So, I mean, this is a position of weakness that we've talked about before. Um, but safety – Honestly, um, yep. and I think it, it's not that it's not that I don't think they have talent at safety. It's the fact that they have unknown talent at safety. We're relying on Marcus Epps to fill the role that Rodney McLeod left, and you know I was critical of Rodney McLeod, especially in his especially his his tackling technique. But n- make no doubt about it, Rodney McLeod was still a leader in that in the defensive back room. So safety is a, is. Safety is a huge concern because I don't know what Marcus Epps is. Yes, he showed up, you know, sometimes during the course of last season. But can he be relied upon for 17 games? And on the other side, you have Anthony Harris, where I have little to no confidence in. I'm sorry. Anthony Harris just doesn't do it for me. He didn't really do it for me last season. He's definitely not going to do it for me this season. So safety definitely is a concern. Um, There was at one point in time where the Eagles were rumored to try to trade for on the disgruntled safety in, in, in Cincinnati, uh, Jesse Bates. But it seems as though uh, Jesse Bates has decided to come back and return to the team under the franchise tag, which is it's still a, a situation to keep an eye on. But the safety position is still a concern of mine. I mean, it's not a huge concern because you have, you know, two all-pro corners, and James Bradbury and Darius Slay, you know, guarding, you know, locking up receivers. So, you it, it, that takes some pressure off of the safeties, but at the end of the day, those safeties still have to be instinctually well to be in a perfect position to still help those corners out. Those corners are great, but the safeties still need to be that support for that for that corner. So safety is definitely a concern of mine. Max, you're muted. Yeah, I agree, and not sure if Max is muted right now, but um, safety, definitely, when you look at it, something that circled um, for the past few seasons now on this team. Um, When you go without a player like, say, Malcolm Jenkins, and you have McLeod over there, it's it's sort of anticlimactic in a way where you know that there can be an improvement made, but there was also other positions that were higher up on that need scale for the Eagles. But you kind of like the position that they're in now because you can take your focus away from those positions and let that sort of figure itself out with now you have AJ Brown right. on the opposite side of Devonte Smith, Jalen hurts, figuring out himself. Can he be the starter in the future for the Philadelphia Eagles, the offensive line who have been ranked first by Justin Boone fantasy um, expert over there. It's just when the offensive line, is in good graces. The quarterback figuring himself out, um, getting stronger, uh, learning the playbook even better. Wideouts 
impressive. When all that is starting to fall together, you can sort of look at the outliers, and that would be safety to me. I agree with you, T. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the only – that's some really – even running back, like I'm, I'm confident in a, a little bit more than the actual safety position. The safety position, I'm sorry. The safety position, it, it scares me a little bit. And it it's it's a, it's just a concern of mine that that safety position. But hopefully we have enough playmakers in the backfield in terms of our corners to you know offset that issue, which I do think we will. I I don't think it's going to be too big of a concern. I'm I'm reserving judgment on Jonathan Gannon. I know what Max said um, about his issues with Jonathan Gannon potentially, but. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he did not have the players necessary to run the scheme that he really, how he really wanted it to run. So I'm willing to give him a second chance with players now and players that can run his scheme effectively. So now there's no excuses for Jonathan Gannon. I want to see why he's regarded in the head coaching rankings um, as, you know, the next big head coach. I want to see that this pet, this season. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get any angry texts from UT later on in the season, <laughs> uh, calling for Gannon's um, job. I want, I mean, we all want this to work out, but yes. um, for the, for the Eagles and, and the players that are on, the bubble or players that could be traded to improve this team. Andre Dillard, is he a player that you think will be traded for say a safety position or a running back? Do you think the Eagles could afford to do so? He did lose the the battle for the starting spot uh, of left tackle to Mayalata. Do you think that that's a player we could part ways with? The Eagles could part ways with. I think that is a player that the Eagles can part ways with. To be honest with you, um, Andre Dillard was supposed to be the guy to take over for Jason Peters at that left tackle position, but he got supplanted by the seventh round pick Jordan Mailata because Andre Dillard just straight up couldn't stay healthy and stay on the field consistently. So Jordan Mailata ended up taking his spot, and it's and it's for the better because Jordan Mailata has turned out to be a huge beast. But now, because of that, Andre Dillard is now ex- expendable. I mean, he did earn that first-round draft pick for a reason. I don't think he's a scrub. I do think Andre Dillard is a heck of a football player. I just think he's just been the victim of an unfortunate circumstance. So with all that being said, I do think he can be used as trade bait. Do I think the Eagles are going to just trade him away just to trade him away? No, because they still want somebody you know, to back up, to be the swing tackle, to back up Lane Johnson or Jordan Mailata you know, knock on wood in the case those guys get injured. So they're not going to give him away for pennies on a dollar. But will they possibly use him as a trade asset to upgrade a position of need? Possibly. Isaac Samalu, also a player the Eagles could potentially part ways with. A lot of teams are looking for that guard. Could he be someone that the Eagles could get a – maybe a safety in return or a smaller depth player in return. What do you think about that trade? The Bucks need a guard right I say, now. I say out of all the linemen, Isaac Siamalo might be one of the guys that's least likely to be traded. 
because at this point, I think they're going to slide him to that right guard position that was occupied by Brandon Brooks, and now he's retired. So they need somebody to play that right guard position. Um, I think Siamalo is going to be the guy to fill that position. Um, I don't think they're going to give it to Cam because I think they want Cam Jurgens to strictly play center. So I do think that they I could they could move Jurgens to um, that right guard though. Yes, they could. while while Kelsey is still here. Yes, they could. And they absolutely could. But I think right now, I think they still um, value Siamalo as a guy that you know can get the job done. So I don't think they're I don't think they're going to take Siamalo out of that starting lineup. I think he's going to be your right guard for now. All right, last player might be the most obvious um, to you right now. The last player on my list of potential moves, Miles Sanders. You have Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. Um, they can Boston Scott can be dominant. Um, mostly seems like just against the New York Giants, but he can be. He can be that guy, but um, not for a whole season, but temporarily until the Eagles find that next running back. He's on the last year of his of his rookie contract. Do the Eagles keep him and see if he can kind of perform at a pro bowl level this season? Or do you think they cut their ties and trade for, I keep saying safety because I really want that safety position. <laughs> I mean, Miles Sanders is in a contract year. I mean, this is his last year to prove that he's the guy. And I mean, he was drafted to be the guy, but unfortunately he hasn't lived up to expectations due to his injuries. And as the old saying goes, the best, you know, in order for you to be effective, you have to be available. And unfortunately, Miles Sanders just hasn't been available. I mean, the times when he's played, you know, he's 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 been productive, you know. It, but to go an entire season without scoring a touchdown, I forget what year that was. Like that, you you can't have a season like that. I'm sorry. You're, and you're supposed to be, you know, the top running back in, in, at on the Philadelphia Eagles. You you can't have a season where you don't have any any touchdowns that that just can't happen so this is miles sanders last year to prove himself i don't think he's going to be traded me personally i i, I don't think it's that bad they would have to get like it a, a, a slam dunk deal that you know they can't walk away from in order for them to trade trade away miles sanders yeah and you know, an honorable mention. I thought my list was done, but now I'm thinking about it. There's a player that just seems like he's got nine lives here on the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, he has to have been leading in penalties at one point. Every time a penalty was called, you knew who it was going to be if the Eagles were yeah. on defense. T, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. That is Derek Barnett. He did just sign a new deal, but that doesn't really mean anything. He in signed, the NFL. He signed the deal because there was nobody else that was greater. There was nobody else that offered him a damn contract. That's why he came back to the Philadelphia Eagles they, on yeah. a contract that he had because nobody else gave him anything. That's right. You add Reddick, Patrick Johnson, and um, uh, another uh, Jackson as well. And he, he's not really – he doesn't necessarily need to even be on the Eagles anymore. Do they trade him? Or do they just keep him as a depth player? I think they're going to keep him as a depth player. Um, Patrick Johnson, you know, has shown flashes, but I don't think he's 100% ready to be that pass rusher that we expected him to be plus Patrick Johnson. I believe he was only a fifth or sixth round pick. I don't 100% remember. But Patrick Johnson's not there yet. 
And it, as much as he frustrates everybody, and trust me when I say there is nobody more frustrated about Derek Barnett's performance than me and Tom Kelly doing those overnights after those games last season where we would completely have segments where we would rip Derek Barnett to shreds. As a matter of fact, I remember I, I made a soundbite of Tom Kelly literally saying that he's a dumb football player, and that's exactly what he is because he is a dumb football player. But I don't see him being traded. I don't see him being released. He's a depth guy. They brought him back for depth. They're paying him for depth, and that's exactly what he is. As a matter of fact, I remember watching his interview sometime during the summer, and he looked like he didn't want to be there. But, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles were the only ones to give him an offer because you stink. You stunk. Yeah. So, yeah. I agree. T, last segment of the day is going to be about fantasy football. All right. Are you playing fantasy football this season? You know what? I just texted my cousin yesterday about getting into some fantasy football. He proposed a league, and I said, you know what? I haven't joined a league in about a year or two. I said, let me let me dabble. Let me dabble in it this year. Let me play yeah. around and take my chances. Go ahead and do that, T. I mean, you're talking about adding stress to the football season yeah, upon also having to root for the Philadelphia Eagles. But it's a fun time if you're succeeding well. My question to you, who, if you have the first pick overall in your fantasy draft this season, which player is getting added to your team? This is a difficult decision. Well, first and foremost, um, you have to go someone in that running back position. That's first and foremost. Now, the question is, there's so many great backs. I mean, as much as I want to go McCaffrey, I can't go McCaffrey because he's unreliable in terms of his injury proneness. You can't go that direction. You can either, for me, it's a two-way tie, and you can't go wrong with either one of these decisions. You either got to go Jonathan Taylor or you got to go Derrick Henry. You're talking about two of the greatest running backs in the NFL today, right? Two powerful running backs who will easily put up fantasy numbers for you, especially considering if you look at the Colts where they're still, you know, they just uh, picked up, they traded for Matt Ryan in the offseason, which was fine, yeah. but I don't think they're going to have Matt Ryan, you know, completely run the offense. So expect, so expect Jonathan Taylor to get some more, to get some more runs behind that huge offensive line. And then you have Derrick Henry. I mean, it's Derrick Henry. That's enough said. I don't even have to say anymore. It's Derrick Henry. Yeah, I, I agree with your picks, T. I think definitely McCaffrey is kind of, but I mean, can he really be out for more than six weeks this season again? T? I mean, can that happen each season for seems- who's supposed to be the best running back in the league? But it seems like he's when done you look it. at guys like, That's- yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he he's not reliable. Oh. But when you look at guys like Derrick Henry, a freight train, and you got a quarterback like Ryan Tannehill. You're without a top wide receiver like A.J. Brown. It just seems like that's the way to go for me. But I also like your pick with Jonathan Taylor because Matt Ryan, an older quarterback, he's not necessarily going to be slinging the ball around the field the whole game. I think that's a lot of potential for Jonathan Taylor to run it up and down the field as much as he wants. And I think he, I think he's going to really like this team. But I'm going to go with Derrick Henry. 
That's a good one. Like I said, you can't go wrong with either one of these picks. I mean, with Jonathan Taylor, I mean, he does have a little bit of a better a better quarterback that he's playing with this year than he did last year. But, you know, that it's hard to go it's hard to go against either one of them. It really is. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap up our show. Max, we'll be back on for our next show. A little technical difficulties over there, yeah, but Yeah, one job. Uh, T. Yeah, Max, exactly. Man, One job. Yeah, you just got to stay on. Do here we know it's hard? Sports, Max. Like, geez. All right, T, send us off. All right. If you guys have missed any of this episode, you can always go to philly-experience.simplecast.com. Available on all major downloadable platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, the entire best. Hey, Max, get your technology together, all right? You got one job. You barely do it, all right? One damn job. Do it. You dumbass. Get the f*** out. Crap-ass Vargas. Because that guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing.